Welcome to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast, the podcast that shows you how to build a world-class service business from the dirt up. And now your host, Mark Stoner. Hello and welcome back to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Stoner. Thank you for joining me again this week. It's a regular podcast. It's not from one of my live on Facebook things or a, uh, you know, cutting from something else we did. It's, it's me talking to you. And I, I really, you know, I'm going to wrap up this year and then it'll end up being season four, uh, next after the first year. And I'm super grateful to be able, you know, um, you know, to come to you every week. And I, I was looking back through the 140 episodes and there's some, some topics in there that I'm going to revisit. And I'll probably come to you next week with one of my favorites, which which was a called conversational narcissism. And I'm going to revisit that one. But this week, I really just wanted to praise praise everybody that's in the blue collar fields. I, I was listening to Jordan Peterson, and he has some really interesting things to say about us in blue collar. And I want to play a clip from a from a, a video I was watching. So I hope the audio plays okay. I'm basically holding my phone up to the microphone. So uh, let me let you listen to this and then I'll comment on it. But it's okay to be a man. It's not okay. It's necessary. You look around the city here, you see all these buildings go up. These men, they're doing impossible things. They're under the streets, working on the sewers. They're up on the power lines in the storms and the, and the rain. They work themselves to death. And often literally... The gratitude for that is sorely lacking, especially among the people who should be most grateful. Social justice bent, who are among the most protected and privileged people the world has ever produced. They take everything they have for granted, failing to understand entirely that there's a massive infrastructure of unbelievably hardworking, solidly laboring, working class men breaking themselves in half on a regular basis making sure that everything that always breaks works. A little gratitude for that is in order. It's very useful to tell everyone, not just men, that they have an important role to play, a necessary role. Man, a necessary role. Jordan Peterson in this interview is visibly shaken. He's starting to, looks like he's about to cry. And uh, he is just really... He's really dead on, and I really like him because he, to me, he he thinks on another level and very clear. And if you're not following Jordan, Jordan Peterson, I highly recommend it. Uh, he's got several books out there. Some of them are pretty complex to listen to. I'm actually doing a book review on his, I think it's 12 Rules of Life, but um, very good stuff. So what do you think? I mean, what I think we are... You know, when I really look at what's happening to men and and in hardworking and just masculinity in general, it's almost becoming, you know, a bad word and a bad thought process. And, you know, to his point, we're needed. I mean, this this thing, it's about, you know, I guess this episode is about men, but we are needed. We are absolutely needed to do this hard, super hard stuff, building these buildings, building these streets, doing the mason work. Yes, can women do it? Yes, but they overwhelmingly choose not to do it. And it's overwhelmingly chose by men to do it. And we like doing it, a lot of us. And, and not, again, this isn't a slight on women. This is a hooray for men. 
I think we are getting bashed at every single level of every everything we do, it seems like. And a lot of what we do, a lot of what it seems like they're trying to do is turn women into men. In, in, in one case, you know, they've got all the same attributes as men and there's no difference in our bodies and no difference in what we do, which is 100% false and, and crazy, but that's what's happening. And then the men that are strong, it seems like they end up getting beat down um, because we have we've really focused on how strong women should be. And I'm, I don't have a problem with how strong women should be, but when it's at the expense of men, that's the problem. When it's at the expense that, you know, in the home where, you know, if the, if the woman is dominant, the man ends up becoming, you know, less dominant. And then sometimes the women don't respect the man because now he's not dominant and they look for sometimes dominant features in other people. And so, you know, I've watched some studies on this where, uh, a lot of men are just becoming wimps, and I I am here as a as a bastion of of manlyhood to to say don't let it happen to you. You know I think there's a, there can be a good balance of of strength in the home and and, and leadership, but it can't it, we just can't give it all up. And and I realize you know like watching TV shows or movies, especially now. I mean like all the heroines are. You know, most of the heroes now are all women and they're super strong and they're powerful and they have all these man-like features. What we've always admired in men, now it's it's men in women. Like they're super tough, they're superheroes, they're super bad, they're they're in charge. They're all the masculine things that we're taking away from what men are. We're giving them to women as like a good thing. And it, I think it's just very confusing. And to me, it doesn't seem right. Last night, I, I watched uh, the Clint Eastwood movie, Pale Rider. I've always liked Pale Rider. But I noticed something interesting when watching Pale Rider that they did back then that they don't do anymore. One total masculine guy all the way through. He was never weak one moment and strong the next moment. And, and, and in the, in the gunfights or in the battles, he was never strong and then about to get beat and something happened or somebody had to save him or some luck of thing. I mean, I guess in one case, there's a guy about to shoot him in the back and somebody saved him. But in general, he was always all the way through the same guy, tough, somebody we could get behind, somebody that did the right thing, but it was a hard thing. And I just, I just like that kind of movie. And a lot of the movies anymore just don't have that, that feature to them. And I think, you know, movies do affect real life. And, but, you know, I know my guys, the guys that I work with and, and they're, they're real men. They're out there absolutely figuring out, risking their life every day, making it happen. And, and we need to celebrate that. We need to celebrate that for our kids. I mean, I mean, I know it, it's good to be proud of our kids for, college and education and, and doing what they do. But man, we got to also be proud of our blue collar brothers and sisters out there that are in super high demand, making this world go the truck drivers, the welders, the fabricators. I went to visit a company a couple days ago that was into basement foundations. And I went through there, they have about 150 people, about a $25 million company. 
one side is all service where they jack up foundations and they fix homes that are sinking and, and they have a really big operation, a neat operation, how they run all those people doing that. And on the other side, they had a fabrication side and had three or four robot welders, big laser machines, and they make these big heavy duty uh, jacks and, and, and posts that go in the ground that lift up buildings and they fabricate their own stuff. And I just watched all these guys just working and welding and cutting and hauling and, and I loved it. I just, I, I was very proud of it. It was American workers, American engineering, American, you know, grit and, you know, went to him and he, he was actually from Indiana as well. I might try to have him on the show. Very smart guy. He's about 48 years old. He's pulled back from the business quite a bit. You know, he, he doesn't really know how a lot of stuff runs anymore, which is, was kind of cool. I've said that a lot. You know, it's kind of nice to have a business that doesn't need you. And he's got way to that point. You know, he's he's gone a lot and it's super successful, but it's very, very tight ship. And, um, you know, he showed he was very proud of what he had built. But I'm like, he had a lot of buildings that the whole operation worked in out of. And I said, I said, did you build all these buildings for this operation? He said, no. He said, I bought a, a boat factory. It was a boat factory that went out of business. Their land and their, all these fabrication buildings went up for sale. And I bought it. And he's really done an amazing job with it. And just, you know, it's just exciting. And, you know, seeing all their guys. And, I mean, they work in the mud. They work in the dirt. So they were all, I was there when a lot of the trucks were coming back from the day. And they were all muddy and tired and and but happy and fun and picking on each other and had a great attitude about him he had a great culture and it was just a neat way to watch a blue collar business thrive and he had so much work and everybody wants wants his service and and it's very similar to, to my work in the in the chimney side so I want to celebrate the blue collar guys I also uh, want to play a clip about leadership and to me, it kind of follows with this about celebrating blue collar guys, but to the point, and even the reason I wrote the book is it's one thing to do the work, but the second thing is leading the guys that do the blue collar job. You have to have a special, I think you have have a special leadership style of, of tough and, uh, and graceful and good hearted. And you got to have all of it, especially in today's terms, but you have to have a tough side that is fair but tough and everybody knows what it is and respects it and i'm telling you that again was the hardest thing i'd ever really learned to do was that being tough and hard and de decisive on things was actually exactly what people need to follow you so i'm going to play another clip uh about um about leadership and the lion there are only two animals on the planet that the creator identified himself with. The first one is the eagle. The eagle. And the second animal is the lion. And when I identified those two animals as his favorite to identify himself with, I recognize I better study these two animals because if he is the leader of the universe and I want to be a leader on earth, I better find out the nature of these animals and also the attitude of these animals. And I discovered that both of them are the kings of their domain. The eagle is the king of the bird kingdom. 
and the lion is the king of the animal kingdom. But let's talk a little bit about the lion. The lion has what I call the spirit of leadership. And this word spirit here is referring to attitude. Everybody say attitude. A leader has a attitude that makes him or her different from followers. Now, the lion is the king of the jungle, but the lion to me is a great source of encouragement to all of us. I want you to write this down. Remember this as long as you live. Number one, the lion is not the tallest animal in the jungle. Number two, the lion is not the largest animal in the jungle. Number three, the lion is not the heaviest animal in the jungle. Number four, the lion is not the smartest animal or the most intelligent animal in the jungle. And yet, when he shows up, they all run away. Well, here's one of my favorite quotes that I put in my books, and I believe it really brings home the point. An army of sheep led by a lion will always defeat an army of lions led by a sheep. And the answers to that dilemma is this. Because leadership can transform cowards into violent warriors. The right kind of leadership can transform a timid into bold people who are fearless. Leadership is that powerful. Leadership can walk into a camp of depressed people and in 20 minutes, they have turned on into unbelievable, powerful armies because leadership determines everything. The lion is the king of the jungle because of one word, attitude. Everybody say attitude. Write it down, attitude. The lion has a different attitude that makes every animal afraid of him. Now, we don't want to lead by fear, but it does take respect for you to become a leader. When I use the word fear in the jungle, we're talking about respect. The elephant respects the lion. The hyenas respect the lion. The, the giraffes, they respect the lion. What makes these massive animals respect such a small cat? The attitude is the difference. For example, a lion will see an elephant and the thing that comes to his mind, one word, lunch. I can eat this thing. And he acts the way he thinks. Now here's another amazing mystery. The elephant is larger, bigger, stronger, more powerful, heavier, and more intelligent. And yet, when the elephant sees the lion, one word comes to mind. Eater. Attitude is a product of belief. You cannot have an attitude beyond your belief. So, your attitude comes from your belief system. The lion is the king because of what he believes about himself. Man, I love that. 
I I hope you do too. I like, I wish I could hear more of that. That was the only part of the clip and I think there was more to go, but that was kind of the end of it. But you know, his, you know, our attitudes as leader are every, absolutely everything to your company. I was speaking with a, uh, a kind of a new friend, a new person I've just recently met in the chimney industry. And, and he's actually very new to it, but he has very big ideas and his, his mind is set for major growth and he wants to get to 30 trucks as fast as he can. Now, you know, there's a bunch of people out there that want to pull him down and say, you can't do it and you shouldn't do it. And, and his mind and his vision is set for 30 trucks. Now, sometimes in our industry, especially this industry that I'm in, people have the attitude of, okay, one or two more trucks this year, or maybe one or two more next year. And, or maybe we add a truck a year, five trucks in five years. Well, this guy's like, how much is too much? I'm like, well, there is a level of, of what you can handle because you're on a foundation, but I would start just, you know, I would start and get your foundation built up. And then once your foundation is built, your, your systems, your cost controls, your leadership, your, you know, your systems that people can work in and know, then you can start growing pretty rapidly. And, um, you know, he's now, he's going to try to add two trucks a year for the next five years and then add from there. But, but who's to say that's the right number? I mean, he's got a big vision and I think that's, the biggest thing, and I've talked about on this podcast multiple times, is we have, our vision is so small. And then we, we do all of our actions follow our vision. And to that video that, that I just played, you know, the lion has a whole different vision. And everybody knows his vision. He knows he's out there to eat. He knows he's quick. He's powerful. He just is a leader. And you have to, as a, as a boss or as a leader, or even as an employee, show leadership skills. Everybody knows the leaders in the company. Everybody looks to the leader. And even my guys know I'm the leader. And it's super obvious when I talk that I'm the leader. Like we have meetings and sometimes when other people are talking, other people are talking as well. Like if somebody is speaking, other people are speaking. When I speak to the group, everybody's head turns, everybody listens, everybody starts to follow what I'm doing. It gets very real when uh, I'm speaking and I'm not, I'm not bragging about that as much as I, I, I know it's respect. I know that I will call them out if they were not being respectful of me where other people may not call them out. Like if you're having a meeting and you got some side chatter, some people may just let it go. Well, I won't. I will stop. I will watch. I will wait till somebody is quiet. You know, I will, you know, I've told a bit just before somebody's on their phone while I'm talking or while I'm doing my thing. I have to call that out. And you do that a few times and then everybody listens. And so uh, I have had to learn that over time. I, and, and now I, I pretty much not commanded, but I'm given it. I'm given respect because I give them respect. And so if you in that, when I hear a lot of trouble about employees, employees won't do this, employees won't do that. I can't get them to do this. I can't get them to do that. That is 100% leadership. That is 100% what you allow and what you tolerate. When you say you can't get them to do that, 
if I ever said that, that that's like a shot in the in the stomach or worse. Like you, me as a leader can't get somebody to do something. Well, then they can't work for me. If it's something that needs to happen, you got to do it. And so, you know, the other day, my ladies in the office, we, we had a situation. We had bad storms in Tennessee. A lot of you saw it. We have a ton of chimneys damaged, lots of tarping and water problems and all kinds of insurance claims. And one of the things you have to do is kind of get out there kind of quickly and tarp the chimneys and, and get them covered so they don't take on more water. And some of the guys didn't want to do it or weren't doing it and or had time to do it and weren't doing it. Some guys w- would, but I remember the ladies in the office said, well, we just can't get them to do it. I'm like, what do you mean we, we can't get them to do it? Like, you know, I ask them and they, you know, they don't have time to do it or can't do it. And I said, look, if it has to happen, I need to know about it because they will do it. If I ask them to do it, they will do it. I absolutely can get this done. If we really want to get this done, it's going to get done. If we want to kind of half, half acid or kind of half push at it. Yeah, probably won't get done, but I can get this done. I have to be able to get done. If I can't get it done as the leader, what good am I? And so if you're ever in that situation where you don't feel, you feel the employees have more pull than you, that's bad for everyone. If your employees get power and they have the power, and I I don't mean, I mean, all employees have power, but more like leadership. If all of a sudden the employees are leading where you want to go and all of a sudden you're a laissez-faire or you lead by a democracy, that's probably not good long term because then you can get like all democracies get voted out of power. Unfortunately, this is more like a monarchy, more like a dictatorship. Not that it has to be a bad thing, but it really has to go one way. Now, clearly, I want to hear from my people and clearly when I make a decision, I need to know if it's how it's affecting them. And it's but it's almost like a good king or a good queen. You know, they care about the people. They want to make sure the people are taken care of. But there's one there's one boss. And and if you ever get to where there are other bosses in your business that override you, you got to make a decision whether you're in the right place or not. So leadership. I mean, I've talked about leadership. I can go on and on about it. It is a learned skill. You're not born with it. Some people are naturally better at than others, but you can learn it. You can learn fairness. And you can learn, um, you know, you can learn to be a leader. Unfortunately, this week we lost a team member. He was, uh, I hate it. It was one of my guys, one of my metal fabrications fathers, um, Wes Bernie's father. We call him Pops. Billy Bernie uh, passed this week from COVID. Unfortunately, he was an older gentleman. And he was a driver for us. He drove, he, he was, he picked up and delivered for us for metal fabrication. We deliver to other chimney companies and other people that buy our products. We do, you know, we deliver and he was one of our delivery guys. And man, that guy just could not wait to drive every day. And he could not wait to help. He loved working with his son and his grandson at our metal fab. And uh, he was just, uh, everybody, he lit up your day when he came around. He reminded me a lot of my dad. And um, he was just a good soul. And he, I remember he was a big Corvette fan and he loved Corvettes. And I, I got one of the new Corvettes, you know, six months ago. And man, when he saw it, he just went crazy. He loved that car. He looked under it, looked around, looked more at it than I ever did. 
and uh, he wanted to go for a ride and we got on um went on a little country road and i got after it and hit some corners pretty good and did some things and he's like oh i like that oh i like that i mean i thought i would scare him i didn't scare him at all i was more scared and he's like oh i like that i can i love that and he was just full of life i remember uh not long ago we were we actually met him up in Milwaukee. We went up to visit one of our other branches and he was there delivering caps. And, and I was talking to him, he's talking about traffic and he brought, he broke out a, literally a map system, not GPS. He broke out the map and he pointed to how he was getting around Milwaukee and doing this and doing that and where he had problems. And he figured out another road. And I'm like, my pops, how about if you use GPS, Google Maps? And he's like, oh, I don't like that stuff. I like my map. I feel better about my map. And he was just old school. And um, he unfortunately got COVID and he already had a compromised immune system. And and it got him and his funeral is or his visitation is tomorrow, funeral on Saturday. So if any of you out there know Wes Bernie, you can reach out to him and uh, wish him well or, you know, pray for him and and give him condolences because he lost he lost a good one. We did as a company lost a good one, and I hate it. Looking forward to going to see them tomorrow and be you know paying my respects to the family. And uh, it's tough when you lose a team member, but uh, we did this week, and uh, we we will always remember Billy Bernie. <clears throat> so <laughs> I thought I was going to get through it without getting a little broke up, but good man, and I just want to remember him. So guys, thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes or any place that you listen to podcasts. More information is also available at markstoner.com.